Whether you're starting a game or starting your day, you need to pick a starting lineup and you're going to want the starter from Jack Black. Loaded with the superior skincare the pros love, Kings fans can get the starter for just $10, shipping included. Available exclusively at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, the starter has four of Jack Black's best-selling skincare and shave products, plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm, SPF 25. Here's to the winning combination for 2023, the LA Kings and the starter from Jack Black. $10 plus free shipping, available at GetJackBlack.com with the code TEAMJB, while supplies last. You're listening to an L.A. Kings podcast. For more episodes of this and every other Kings program, visit LAKings.com slash podcast. Taken away by Fogimo out of the corner. Lizak to Fogimo in the middle. Fogimo scores! You're listening to All the Kings Men, the official podcast of the L.A. Kings. Fiala and Dowdy up ice. Fiala scores! Kings win! Now, here's your host, Jesse Cohen. Welcome back, Kings fans. I am Jesse Cohen. This is All the Kings Men. Kings fans, if you've lived in Southern California for a while and are of a similar vintage to me, I hope this episode is as much fun to listen to as it was to record. Kevin Ryder of the Kevin and Bean Show, an L.A. radio institution, happens to be a Kings fan, and he was kind enough to join me and talk about the Kings, Kevin and Bean, and his neighbor Robbie Joyner. Joining me now, I don't even know how to introduce you because I could say... Head coach of the LA Kings. There you go, Kevin Ryder. <laughs> um, the reason I'm struggling with the introduction is because you, for those who may not know your name, mm-hmm. you were on the Kevin and Bean show for 30 years on K-Rock yes. in the morning. Yes. And it was an unbelievably large part of my life. Was it? It was. A tremendously large part. Um, it's weird when people say that because, as you know... For this podcast, it's you and me sitting in a room, mm-hmm. and that's b- basically it. So it was three or four of us or five of us sitting in a room, and to hear that it you know it has impact on people is always a little uh, humbling. You guys hit the air in 89, 90? 1990, first day of 1990. And I started high school in 90, sorry, right, <laughs> apologies. Old. No, I know, I get it. Uh, in 91, 92. Uh-huh. And I had zero period, which meant that I had to be up at 5.30 in the morning. Oh. Yeah, it was miserable, bad. And and of course, I didn't. In high school? Yeah. 5.30? It was an elective. Wow. Um, but my mother would drive me to my friend's house, and then his dad would drive us to school. Right. And we would listen to Kevin and Bean on the drive-in, and his dad would sit there and grumble at – He didn't like it? No, yeah, he did not. The There's always somebody that <laughs> hates us. And then uh, <laughs> when I was finished with high school, I sort of drifted away from the show, but then I got a job later in life that caused me to drive uh, for eight, nine, ten hours a day. And I started downloading the show again and listening to it in its the entirety. Podcast, yeah. yeah. And – Fell instantly back in love with it, and you know there were some tough times, and I'm sure you've heard some version of this. Story. I have, and it's and it's again, it's humbling to think that you know all we are is an, was an escape, and if you need an escape at that time, then you know hopefully we did that. Well, I have stolen um, liberally from from your life. Uh, I am <laughs> fond of now saying when I was some, you know, oh Dustin Brown, you know. 
whatever scored how many goals as a rookie. When I was that age, I was throwing rocks at my neighbor, Robbie <laughs> Joyner. And I've never once credited you for it. I just oh, I say it all no, the time. You can, you can have it. Also, by the way, just for the record, Robbie Joyner threw rocks right back at me. It wasn't just a one-way thing. <laughs> appreciate it. It wasn't just a kid running around the neighborhood with me throwing rocks at him. So for SoCal natives who may have listened to Kevin and Bean, I imagine they know your voice. But even if they don't, you have been connected to the Kings as far back as 93 that I'm aware of. Yes. How did you become a Kings fan? Um, well, I'll tell you what was uh, the first night that I was in Los Angeles was bef- 1989. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't started yet. But I asked somebody, hey, is there any way that I could get any t- – because Wayne Gretzky was playing for the Kings. I said, is there any way I can get tickets to, to the, you know, see him? And they gave me tickets in the uh, press section, which isn't impressive. Uh, but I thought, I'm in the forum and I'm watching the Kings and I'm, I've made it. Like, this is it. I've, I've, I can die now. And you traveled to Montreal – Yes. For the cup final. Yes. Were you all in at that point or did you yes. sort of have to wait for them to have some No, I had met people you? that were helping me um, sort of understand and enjoy the game a little bit. And I was all in by then. Yeah. And it was great. It was great fun to be in Montreal. How do hockey players, because the, that's the right, the reputation is that they're salt of the earth, down to earth, yes. you know, humble. How, mm-hmm. how is that true in your experience? I mean, I don't It's 100% know. true. Yes. Yeah. The nicest... Um, um, still kids kind of mm-hmm. feeling, but also can be dull. <laughs> yeah. So you sort of, <laughs> so you sort of have to walk that balance of, Oh, you know, I love Dustin Brown. He's a hero of mine. Not that great on the radio. So it's like, Oh, well, I just need to figure out who to talk to and how to talk to them and when. And I don't want to brag too much. Please. We got a chance to talk to Dustin Brown recently mm-hmm. in advance of his, ceremony right and i expected that it would be what, 10 minutes long because it was you know a bunch of standard questions right 45 minutes later really and i'm wondering how much of this can i actually get away with using because i'm not sure that he understands that everything he just said <laughs> is <laughs> he thought he was just having a conversation with you personally he brought up some stuff that i was not going to bring up oh fantastic um, I was, that's the best kind of interview yeah so how many hockey players have you interviewed um, I mean, I've interviewed a lot of them and I've gone down, you know, I was, um, I, I got all the goalie gear on mm-hmm. and went down and took shots from Dave Taylor. When was this? I, you tell me. <laughs> a while ago. You're the expert. <laughs> I don't know. It was early nineties maybe. Yeah, it must have been. And, uh, and I was just fascinated because I could barely walk on the ice skates in that gear. It's heavy gear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he'd say left shin pad. And would slap shot and just nail my left shin pad. I was just helpless. But that's the kind of stuff. And, you know, I've I become friends with Luke Robitaille and a bunch of different people. And um, I've interviewed a lot of them. Drew Doughty's probably my favorite. He, he's not boring. He's not boring. <laughs> no, no, he's no. not. I'm incidentally supposed to uh, reprimand you for leaving chips all over the floor of one of our suites. Did I do that? At Crypto.com. Oh. Right <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> because my daughter and I were in a suite mm-hmm. and Luke Robitaille was in that suite. And I was fascinated to walk out and see there were chips all over the floor. And I was like, Luke Robitaille, Hall of Famer, just threw his chips all over the floor of the suite. So I took a picture and I said, you're a mess, dude. And he said, it wasn't me with a laughing emoji. Mm-hmm. Well, his version of the story oh, is I'm that sure. it was you. I'm sure. <laughs> 
But it was it was a really weird situation to be able to know for a fact that it wasn't my daughter and it wasn't me and it had to be Luke. That was a really weird kind of situation. Were you at the games in 2012? The yes. uh, the cup run, all of them, all of them. All right. well, yeah, I was a I'm bad jealous. dad. Well, I, I was. Listen, I had my kids were my twins were 14, mm-hmm. and um, you know if you go to every playoff game. It's and you have a full time job, which I did, which I had to get up at three fifty. Um, it was tough, and they would be sometimes doing homework in the car, and sometimes. Well, you sleeping. took them to the game. Yes. So how are you a bad dad? Well, I'm just saying, like I don't know that that's <laughs> that good sounds for like their, a great dad. <laughs> it was well. I will say this: it was the great one of the greatest experiences with my kids of my life. Because we went to every single home game, and in 2012, when when no one was beating us, almost it was just magical. Mm-hmm. And my daughter, who was 14, said, "I have waited my whole life for this." And I was like, "I don't want to tell you, but there are a lot of other people who've been waiting a lot longer than that." There's a great photo. I can't remember which game it was from. It might have been Game Six of a, a father holding his. I don't know. Very, very young child on his shoulders. And the sign says something like, my dad's waited 45 years. <laughs> this is my first birthday or something. Like, oh, know, that's sweet. Something to that effect. Um, so I want to ask you a question that we, we've talked to authors and, and people in that sort of realm before. When you have a product, yeah. the Kevin and Bean Show, you're Kevin of the Kevin and Bean Show. And there's people like me who – Take ownership of the thing that you have created. And right. I go out into my life and I talk to my friends about it and I'm f- fighting on its behalf and it matters <laughs> right. to me. But it's but it's you. And people it's, argue you. Yeah. And, but it's who you – it's what you've put into the world. How do you reconcile with like the, – the and I, the reason I bring it up is because hockey players, same thing, right? Like they're the ones playing the game. They're the ones right. creating the results and then – we wander around town puffing our chests out if they win. And by the way, I learned I've I've come to this realization a long time ago. Um, sports fans will always get mad at you if you say my team. Yeah, they say, "Oh, you play." Mm-hmm. And what I, number do you wear? Yeah. <laughs> right. And I've just come to the realization that you know what? I've put my life into this team. It's my team. I we won. We mm-hmm. did win, and it was the fans are part of it. And and sports fans are going to get upset, and I don't care. Just sort of learn that. That's but fair. it's um. It's incredibly flattering to have somebody argue on your behalf that you're good. Like, that's crazy. There's that, no weirdness of like, I don't know. Like, no. Like they're taking something from you? But no, not at all. Right. They're arguing on my behalf. They're saying, hey, this is a good show. I mean, that's that's the highest compliment you can get. I love it. You should do it more. I, I will. <laughs> now that we're off the air. <laughs> get, bean, get Bean back from uh, <laughs> from England. Um, what? I, I'm sort of torn because all I want to do is ask questions about the Kevin and Bean show. Right. That's fine. Or the Kevin and Sluggo show, which I unfortunately confess I don't. Yeah, no worries. It doesn't fit into my schedule at no the worries. moment. Um, but I also want to ask about your relationship with the Kings because okay. this is the Kings podcast. So then in 2014, did you drag your kids back out for the second run? Oh, yes. All right. Yeah. Because the first one was so great. <laughs> but then the second run, of course, was filled with overtimes and double overtimes. Mm-hmm. So now it's midnight, you know, whatever, however late those games ended. You know, in 2012, I don't remember there being any overtime games. Were there? Uh, game one and two, I think, in the final were both. Man, but oh, I man, could be making that up. But they were like early into the I think it was yeah. like very shortly 
But that, but 2014, it seemed, and I know it wasn't, but it seemed like all. Yeah, of you're them testing were. my memory here. <laughs> well, there definitely was the game they lost. Game three against San Jose was overtime. Obviously, the last. Anyway, even yes. when we won the cup, yeah. it was double overtime, that, wasn't it? To that point, was the longest game in franchise history, um, which I only know because in 2018, when they lost to Vegas, right, I was in Vegas in the press box, and. Suddenly, in the middle of the second overtime, thought to myself, ah, geez, the cup game went to the second overtime, and then looked up how long it was into the game, realized that if, uh, whatever, three minutes more went by, it would become... Did you not want them to beat it? I kind of did, so I ran over to our social media department and said, hey, like, P.S., in 90 seconds, this becomes the longest game in franchise history, and like 10 seconds after it eclipsed that mark, Vegas scored. (laughs) Game (laughs) over, and I felt like a jackass. Wow, Um, you should. (laughs) <laughs> I accept your score. No, but it was, you know, 2014 was a really grueling mm-hmm. battle compared to 2012. 2012 seemed, they made it look easy. Now, when you were a kid growing up in Arizona, yeah, uh, were, you a, were you an athlete? Um, in quotes, yeah. yeah. I went to a small high school and because it was a small high school, they all needed bodies to play sport so if you were any good you could play all the sports so i played football and basketball and track and baseball and and yeah it was fun and i was athletic i wouldn't say i was an athlete but i would say i was athletic. i mean you're tall yeah how how were you always tall uh yeah i was tall and super soup like like skinny like the wind would blow me away mm-hmm. kind of what was your favorite sport to play uh basketball i was positive i was going to be a, an nba player well, sure. <laughs> and that, you could see how that worked out. So how does... But in yep. Phoenix, they had the Roadrunners, which yeah. was a minor league. IHL, yeah. And probably team. a few other leagues. And it wasn't great. But I liked it. Yeah. And I, I sort of got... So basketball is my favorite sport and I'm watching hockey and I think, oh man, hockey's really a fast, like a, a meth version of basketball. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> With it's just, knives, yeah. It just it <laughs> flies, and I love the speed of it. And so when I came out to Los Angeles and I started going to games, I had to sit down with myself and say, look, I can't do basketball and hockey, so I need to make a choice. And it was easy. It was hockey and all kings. And I've been to, I don't know, six Lakers games. And I love, <laughs> I've always loved the Lakers, but you know, who's got time? How many NHL buildings have you been to? Oh, I haven't traveled that much. Probably three or four. Okay. Yeah. You've been to the you? pond, though? Uh, I don't know. Maybe half a dozen? Or yeah. It's probably more than that. But I also have not traveled much. Yeah. But you, yeah. Had, to, you had to be at work at 5.30 every Yeah. Well, I, and then when we could talk them into it, like 93, mm-hmm. we would go to Montreal, and then we would broadcast from there. And that was, you know, that was good fun until the riots happened afterwards. <laughs> And then I thought we were going to die. That was always one of my favorite things that you guys would talk about. Is, oh, <laughs> is that I experience. was wearing my king shirt, and so was Bean during the day. Mm-hmm. And everybody's good natured and high fiving, and we're going to kick your ass. And it was a fun time during the day. But at night, this was the game that could win the cup, and the cup was in the building, and they were starting to get drunk. And Bean wore a different shirt, not a King shirt. And I was wearing my King shirt. And he started pointing at me going, Kings fan, Kings fan. <laughs> and I literally, like, people were getting closer and closer and spitting in my face. And, like, it was, I was scared. I was physically scared. And I went and bought a shirt that had finals with both teams on it. Right. And I threw away my shirt 
Yes, I know. I know. I'll take full responsibility for that. Threw it in the trash. Oh, no. Walked outside. Cars turned over on fire, you know, glass buildings broken into, and I was high-fiving everybody. Yeah, just saying let's just keep moving till we can get to our hotel because I don't want to die. I love the Kings, but I don't want to <laughs> die for them. That seems I don't like think a anybody lot. wants. It seems like a lot to yeah. ask. If you had to, though, would you? If I had to die? Yeah, for the Kings. No. Oh, all right. Well, I, I would pro- for my kids. That's probably that's a healthy response. How about you? Uh, no. no okay. No. <laughs> um, and I always tell people if the team ever relocated, like I'm not, I'm really? not, I'm not retaining my fandom if they move. Interesting. I mean, I've always, I've always worried, wondered this about fandom. Mm-hmm. Um, if a new ownership takes over, mm-hmm. are you a free agent? Or are you still a Kings guy? I never even thought about that before. How are you going to get me stuck? Well, on it's that just you know when you start talking life. about sports fans, it's like yeah, I don't. You have a team, and if your team is doing poorly, that's still your team. But so one of the things that I'm really sensitive about, and I try not to be as sensitive about it because I it steps on other people's right <laughs> lives. But when my dad, sorry, <clears throat> when my dad, who I love, thank you, uh-huh. <laughs> I do too. Uh, <laughs> when he moved to L.A. He was a Montreal Canadiens fan because growing up in Ottawa, in between Toronto and Montreal, he hated the Toronto broadcaster. So he became a Canadiens fan because wow. one or the other. He hated the broadcasters. Yeah. Wow. I, I don't even know why. All right. Uh, but he and his best friend moved out here and King's tickets were cheap and they were from Ottawa. So they loved hockey. And at some point in time, he made the decision. If my kid's going to be into this. I'm, Which one is going to be our team? And it's going to be the local one. Yeah, that makes sense. Sort of insane. Now, it's easier today, I suppose, with the internet and streaming and all that. But in 1980, fill in the blank, there was no cable. There was no Look it up, people. There was no internet at one point. So it was like, if I want want to share this with my kid, I guess I'm a Kings fan. That seems like a difficult decision, but yeah. But uh, in my mind, it's like one of the greatest sacrifices he ever made for me. Sure. (laughs) Um, No, agreed. and, And then I have friends, right, who are raising their kids as fans of the teams that they have moved of the city that they've moved to LA from. Right. And internally, I just judge them very harshly. Sure, of course. Um, even though your dad did that. Well, he, but he chose like the he, Kings. He's oh, a Kings I fan. Got you. I you know, my friend from New York is a Giants fan. My friend from, you know, Indiana is a Colts fan, et cetera. Gotcha. And their kids are expected to carry the burden. I can see that. Carry yeah. the burden of their parents. Love. No, but if you're going to, if you're going to raise a kid mm-hmm. and you're going to follow a team, I mean, it has to be the local one. Don't you think? You I, have yes, to try and so. get to some live games. You have to let them have the experience. But I, I think people don't. I mean, you root for the Arizona teams, right? I root for the Cardinals yeah. in football. But I always rooted for the Lakers when I was in Phoenix, which used to make my mom really upset. How did that happen? It was just they were... I just they was showtime, and it was yeah. just... I, they played so much... I don't know. I just... I found them so much more fun to watch. And I was never really, really a hardcore Suns fan. So now, you know, my mom, my mom is though. I'll call my mom and she'll say, Suns are on. Call me in 15. She'll hang <laughs> up because she watches them. But, you know, they're, they're, my, do you have a second favorite team in any sport? I really don't. You don't? No. So if the Kings are out, mm-hmm. you don't care who wins the cup. Uh, no. Well, I have one guiding rule. Okay. Which is no new happy people. No new happy people like yeah. Vegas? Yes. Okay. Huge, <laughs> yes. big, yes. That's but like, my biggest complaint about them is shut the F up. You have not been around long enough yeah. to float. You don't have the scars. Right. To, yeah. Right. But like if if we're talking about this year, 
you know, I just look backwards and go, all right, if if Tampa's already won it, Tampa's already won it. So right. that doesn't I see. bring so that, any extra so you're shine fine to with them. That. Yeah, fine. Win four, five, six. I don't care. You Why don't won. you want another team to win it for the first time? <laughs> I'm, I'm a bitter, angry person. <laughs> well, really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. No, everybody always expresses shock at that, but it's true. But yeah, that's strange. That's strange. I I, I, you know. If I like players on the team, usually when the Kings are out, I mm-hmm. have to take a break. Because I'm pissed and I'm angry and we should have done better and I'm not watching the playoffs. And then eventually I'll come around and start catching some of the highlights and start watching. And again, if I like some of the players or the the schemes that they play or whatever, how they play, I'll, I'll root for them. Not hard, but. I was surprised at how not unhappy I was when St. Louis won it because mm-hmm. I really don't like St. Louis or the Blues. I don't have an opinion about the city. Right. I've never been. But what I'm always shocked about is when friends of mine who work in the industry and the media, you know, and are objective, I'm using air quotes for those who can't see, like they'll be rooting for Joe Thornton to win a cup. Right. And I'll say, I don't want him I, to win a cup. I want I want him aggressively to not win a yeah, cup. Yeah, same. And they're like, why? He's such a nice man. He does all these incredible things and his children and his, you know, care. heart. Yeah, neither do I. Don't like, care. He's a member of the San Jose Sharks. Yes. And no. That's enough. Yeah. For, I don't. <laughs> For me, anyway. maybe he's a great guy, and maybe if you and I got to know him, sure. But we're not going to no. because he's Sandy Shark. No, and I for the <laughs> longest time never wanted to get to know the players um, because we have a bunch of rules on the show, and uh-huh. one of them is never fall in love with a backup goalie, sure. Uh, because the number you know they're not here for you to love them, right? They're here this year especially. Well, that's a whole other. <laughs> that's a, that brings it. Yeah, um, <laughs> and then until very recently, I never got attached to prospects because. You draft however many of them a year, and who you, knows how yeah. they'll end up doing. And I just remember being in the '90s, all those kids coming up and thinking, "Oh, well, you know, this this will be the future of the franchise, and that'll be." The, and it never is. <laughs> That's um, true. So I never wanted to get to know the players, and and unfortunately now I'm starting to, and it's it's miserable. Does it make what? Well, because I can't I can't watch the game and go miserable. like, "Well, that guy was a bum." <laughs> Like I have to. I, oh, I see. Because now totally, you like him. Totally changed my. So Drew Doughty, you like him? Uh, well, who for, doesn't? Fortunately, Drew Doughty is an incredible hockey player. Yeah. And so he's never a bum, and you don't have not to. yet. Okay, <laughs> maybe someday. But, but not let's yet. say he comes out and just doesn't care and just plays a really crappy game. Do you find it hard? Would you find it hard to say that? Well, if now you I like him. I mean, frankly, now I really can't say it. Um, because part of my job that's a mean answer uh, well <laughs> but <laughs> no i mean you can as part of your job you could say it didn't look like yes. drew was on his game well let's just put it so whatever we'll, we'll talk about the second line for the kings this year yeah they're not as effective as they were last year right so you can say that yeah it okay. hurts my feelings to say it because, because now like I who? because now I know Phil Deneau. Right. Now I know Trevor Moore. Mm-hmm. And I've spent the first whatever three months of this season running my mouth about what an incredible playmaker Victor Arvidson is. Right. And when that line is not as effective as I had hoped, I You're sad. Yeah. Because you're you're invested. I mm-hmm. think I think it's fine to get to know him and still be able to say they're less effective. Well, it feels like a weenie answer to me. To use, to use your words. Oh, because I'm <laughs> no, I'm, I feel I'm like I feel like I'm giving. Of, yeah, when I say less effective, they're instead terrible. Of their, well, they're not though. They're <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm saying if they play poorly, yeah, you can't come in and say I don't know what's wrong, but they're playing poorly. Yeah. No. No, you can. 
But then I got to back it up. I can't just, you know. Well, that's the thing about because we were on for 30 years, we would run our mouths about everything and mm-hmm. everybody. And occasionally we would run into them. And then eventually we would be talking to them and they would bring something up that we said. And yeah, it's, it takes a lot. Did more it ever it. change how you approached it? Uh, no, not really. Not really. No, that's good. No. Well, I mean, for example, I'll give you a, a, um, Dwight Schrute from The yeah, Office. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was a friend of ours. And he was in a movie that just bombed. The Rocker? Yes. Yeah. Bombed. <laughs> and it was 5.30 in the morning, and we were making, I mean, we were saying it bombed. It's a, It was did terrible. No mm. one went and saw it. And he heard that and called in. And yeah, it feels awful when you're talking to that person rather than saying that movie sucked. Mm-hmm. It, of course it feels awful, but you have to do it. You have any balls, you have to do it. Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> so the Kevin and Bean show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm sure you've been asked this a million different times in a million different ways. Is Bean, is any of that an act? I don't think so. No. It can't be. Honestly, I don't know. It's been 30, more than 30 years that mm-hmm. I know. I knew him at KZCP in Phoenix in 1987 or 88. And, um, there's never been a time he's a for those of you that don't listen to the show he's a he's a weirdo and he has all these <laughs> his favorite place in the world is 711 that's yeah. a, just an example of he majors in minors so it's whatever the tiniest things are are his world and so he's never had a moment off the air where he goes i know it's ridiculous never and has has the wreck of the edmund fitzgerald ever been like has his fascination with that song ever no. been explained to you it's no. just a thing he loves he loves it. I, I have no. I I deny that he loves it. Mm-hmm. I think he does, but I just you can't love that song. That song is a death dirge, and it goes on for fifteen minutes. And I don't believe he loves it as much as he says. Now, has he ever said? Of course, I don't know. But That's I mean, why at, at I don't some know. point, at some point, it's just loving the reaction. No, like, I, I think so. I think so. But if it's loving the reaction. When you're off the air during the sure uh, during 30 years, yeah. you would think they would go. I know. I just say it because, like for example, we used to call the 909, mm-hmm. the area code yeah. the 909, the Valley of the Dirt People. Mm-hmm. We just, another phrase I have stolen literally we, from the Kevin. We just show. said it once, and we got a whole bunch of people that were really upset by it. I'm sure. And so then we that egged us on, and so we started saying it more and more and more, and people would get more upset, and they would call and say, "No, I live in in Fontana. It's not us." And we'd go, no, of course it's not. <laughs> um, but but at, off the air, we would say, wow, those people are really getting upset. Like, we're really disparaging them. We don't care. Right. But he never did that about anything. So is he um, fake? I don't think so. I think he's just weird. Is the morning, is a morning show, is any show, I guess it doesn't have to be in the morning. Um, is it similar to being on a team? Like when you were a kid playing sports, is there that same sort of buy-in? camaraderie yeah yeah there is a camaraderie um it's different in that you're like if you and i were doing a radio show we would make jokes at each other's expense mm-hmm. well, you don't do that if you're on a sports team do, do you, you do you not well I, <laughs> I don't know i'm just saying there it's it's not the exact same thing but i do miss the camaraderie of mm-hmm. the group and of firing on all cylinders and knowing this is great because of A, B, C, and D. I do miss that. 
Sean Dersey, we learned last year. I think it was last year. He was, yeah, it must have been last year because they were on the podium, not open room. He was leaving. He had spoken to the media after a game. He was on his way out. Andre Kopitar was on his way in. Or I have that backwards. Kopitar was on his way out. Dersey was on his way in. And Kopitar very casually sort of said, what's up, Bubbles, on his way out. And then Dersey took the podium. And That's pretty great. I don't remember who asked, <laughs> but it might have been me. I don't remember. But somebody. <laughs> might have been me. I don't. I I certainly Take wanted to ask. It. No, it was me. Um, what's Bubbles? Two or three questions <laughs> in. Yeah, I was like. Are we going to ignore like the bubbles thing? And apparently they had a team dinner on the road and he ordered uh, sparkling water and Dustin Brown and Ajay Kopitar thought that it was hilarious. That's fantastic. Now he's bubbles. I love that. So I do love that. Yeah, that happens a lot because you spend so much time right. with each other and you talk about so many different topics that you. Yeah, it happens a lot. Favorite Kings player of all time. Um, and you can't say Luke Robitaille. Luke Robitaille. <laughs> I can't say Luke Robitaille. Wow, that's t- I'd say Drew Doughty. I would say I know it's a kind of a everyone says that. That is a solid answer in my book. But it's just it's something about the joy that he has that's different than most. Even if other athletes have that amount of joy, they don't show it like he does. And it's just that joy you just he's having a great time. And maybe we're losing, but he's playing his ass off and having a gr- big smile. And I don't know. I just I like that a lot. Which I imagine is why Luke Robitaille yeah. is your because I have the exact same take on both of them. Which is oh, that so you can say Luke Robitaille, I can, but yeah. I can't. That's I right. Okay. I, I had him in that seat and told him as much. I got you. Uh, but no, that joie de vivre, whatever you want to call it. Um, and and it's it for Dowdy, it leaks into every yeah. moment. Yes, like we had, so uh, over the last couple of weeks, the notion of doing the things you don't want to do. Has come up, you know, blocking shots, taking big hits, right. whatever. And it, it's really hard to say doing the things you don't want to do a, mil- a million times. But of course. I don't have a better phrase for it. So we're talking to Drew Dowdy after practice one morning. And I says to him, I says another thing I've Good. stolen again. <laughs> People think you don't know English, but that's all right. Um, I says to Drew Dowdy, I says, uh, <laughs> is this team getting to the place where they're doing the things, where they want to do the things you don't want to do? Right. Terrible sentence. Right. And instead of well constructed, but he just sort of leaps into like, yeah, yeah, who doesn't want to do it? Who, (laughs) like, is getting a little bit of, yeah. And I was just a thing, like, just throwing out a phrase. Here's what I would say I would say that non sport, non hockey players Mm -hmm. like myself, I look at that and go, I would not want to block a shot. Yeah. Not one, not one time. And you see these guys just, it looks like it hurts so badly. And so for Drew to say who wouldn't want to, I I think everyone but hockey players and probably a lot of hockey players. Yeah. we So we got a chance to talk to him and Kopitar and Quick uh, recently. I'm stepping on some upcoming content. But oh. um, about Dustin Brown. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember what the question was, but Drew Doughty started talking about, he, he was roommates with Dustin Brown and started talking about, seeing the price that Brown had to pay yeah. after those games. And yeah. Yeah. That would be my second is Dustin Brown. Brutal. Yeah. That would be my second. Yeah. Because how do you not love Dustin Brown? How do you not? It's like pretty hard. Yeah. Did you know that he does magic tricks? 
Or used to, I guess. That's no, the, I don't. Yeah. All right, I don't like him. We learned a lot. <laughs> we learned a lot about him recently. Apparently, huge Is Star Wars. Is this sleight of hand? Like card cards? tricks, yeah. Mm-hmm. Card tricks. When he was younger. I guess he doesn't do it anymore. Wow. But, yeah. That's something we learned. And King's fans will learn. Again, I'm stepping on all over. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, no, when is this airing? Sometime before February 11th. Okay. All right. Before Dustin Brown. Good. Yeah, before the Dustin Brown night. I'm looking forward to that because yeah. he is... He would have to be my second. He's... A really interesting guy, which I'm going to drag this back to Kevin and Bean okay. real quick. Who was the celebrity or musician or I don't know, like the words Johnny Cash. Really? Yeah. When he came in, I mean, from a standpoint of I shouldn't be in the room with this person. Mm-hmm. From that standpoint, I just felt like a fraud. And he was Bean's favorite, one of Bean's favorites. And Bean was all excited. And I just felt like. This is uh, too much for me. I should step out and let things go. Hmm. And yeah, I just, there were just people like that that were so bigger than life that I just felt like I'm a fraud and I shouldn't be in this room with you. But the person who is, is the best is Dave Grohl because he's got a sense of humor and he'll laugh at himself and he's a huge star too, but. I would have him on every day because he's just a great interview. There was one time where they hadn't put out, you know, their song Everlong? Mm-hmm. Breathe out so I can breathe you in. Every They hadn't put that out as a single yet, and everybody was calling our radio station. They wanted a copy of it so they could play it at their wedding. <laughs> and he hadn't put it out yet. So he came in like six months afterwards, and I said, I just want to thank you for putting that out as a single. And he said, we didn't put that out as a single. I said, I know. And people keep calling <laughs> us and asking us for it. And he thought that was the funniest thing in the world because he has a great sense of humor. This is the wrong, absolute wrong time to ask this question. Okay, great. Uh, are you, in your mind, are you funny? Um, I, here's my answer to that. It's a, there's a difference between funny and fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm fun. Okay. I can be funny. There are times when I'm funny, but it's not what I do best. Being my part, my ex-partner, was funny, but really not fun. And so I think there's a difference. I think if you if I were to rank them, I would be fun first and then maybe funny second. The reason I ask. Yeah, why do you ask? <laughs> uh, it's such an odd job. Not even job. It's such an odd role that the two of you and that you personally play mm-hmm. as captains of this ship. Right. That made me laugh hysterically over the years, right? Tears, right. Like I it's a, on occasion would have to pull over because right. I was going to become a danger to myself. <laughs> but if I look back on it, and this is uh, – please take this within the spirit no that it's intended – there were never like finely crafted moments like you might find in, you know, Oscar Wilde or like, oh, you no. know, Monty Python or oh, no, no, not no. like deep land. And yet, no, I describe, our sh- I described our show as a beautiful disaster. <laughs> okay. It was all kinds of mistakes. And we would, we learned that the key for me was we learned to make failing funny. And a lot of times it was better if we failed. Did you take improv or no. any sort of creative training? I didn't. I wish I did because, yeah. you know, we had Ralph Garman for 18 years and he's a genius improv guy and he still does stuff for us on KLOS now. Um, and I wish I did because 
he's improv is a way to sort of catch a wind that you didn't feel coming. And sometimes the improver, Ralph, will surprise himself with stuff that he comes up with. And then we all go on a tangent and go another way. So I really think highly of that skill, but I don't have it. Jim Fox is fond of saying of the 2012 Stanley Cup winning Kings team that nobody cared who got the credit, that that was part of the magic behind yes. their success was that they were all pulling in the same direction, et cetera, et cetera. There was a point in time where I was watching Jimmy Kimmel do his late night show. I was listening to Adam Carolla's podcast every yeah. morning. There were various different radio shows operating in the LA market that featured, you know, producer court or whomever. Yep that got their start on the Kevin and Bean show. Like how many careers did you guys launch? And do you ever actually want to climb up on top of a mountain and demand credit? No, God, no, no, I feel like <laughs> not at all. No, okay, no, because I feel like, like a Jimmy Kimmel, we didn't teach Jimmy to do what he does. We right. didn't teach him to be funny or to be likable or any of that stuff. He came to us. He worked with us for five years and I feel like we sort of were able to ride on some of these people's shoulders for a while. Let him be funnier than us. Great. We get the credit. Why would I care if Jimmy's funnier, or Ralph's funnier, or any of the people who come through? We were happy to put other people on because it's a win for the Kevin and Bean show if they were funny. So you're in the Radio Hall of Fame. Yes. Which I which is confess, the, I don't understand. I don't know where it is. I don't either. Okay. There's one you in were Vegas. There. There's <laughs> one in Vegas and there's one in New York. I do okay. know. Um, but but that's if you feel like a fraud in the studio mm -hmm. at times, that's the ultimate. You feel like a fraud. Well, so that's where I was going with that yeah. is now you're on your I don't I want to say second, but obviously you had shows prior to the Kevin of Dean. So. Yeah, but this is my second major one, yeah. And the Hall of Fame and you've helped launch you know massive careers right is imposter syndrome still a thing that you struggle yeah. with yeah it is not as much mm -hmm. but we don't interview as many people uh on this current show and i think that's when the imposter syndrome would come out is when you know trent Reznor from nine inch nails or somebody that i really worshiped would come in and then i felt like oh what am I doing in this room? I should not be here. Do you feel like that with any hockey players or have you ever? Oh, all of them. All of them? Yeah. You have the imposter syndrome? Oh, I think 100%. everyone does. I mean, we were just talking to Alex Iafalo and I slipped in a joke about like, you know, shocking to anybody who sees us standing next to each other, but you're in better shape than I am. Like, <laughs> I am not, you know, I do right? not cut the profile of a professional athlete. Right. Everybody that works here is either a former professional athlete or somebody who at one point was on the path to wanting to be a professional athlete mm -hmm. and got waylaid somehow. Right. I'm the, you know, fat kid that was in marching band, <laughs> right? And and loved Kevin Smith movies and like happened to by chance fall into hockey. Um And now you're you're a hockey nerd, I would say. Yeah. Sometimes I listen to your podcast and I go, I don't know how how does he know the statistics and the age and the so unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap okay. it up soon. But before we do, I want to say one thing. I bumped into you in the, just outside of the media room at Crypto.com Arena mm -hmm. a few years ago. I don't remember when. And you knew who I was. Yeah. And that was... It was on the elevator. Yes, yeah. that's right. Just about to get on the elevator to the yep. press box. And the fact that you knew who I was... Says a lot about you. I thank you, but I still rub it in my friends' poorly. faces who... <laughs> Says a lot about you poorly. <laughs> Look... <laughs> 
Better. What's the line? Better to have something said about you than nothing said at all. Uh, but I still bring it up to my friends who were on those, you know, 6 a.m. car oh, rides so to funny. school. And yeah. say, There's few of them now, but that's great. Yeah. Thank so, you. Kevin Ryder, can we have you back in? Of course. All right. Did I add anything? Yeah. I'm... Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we're, we're only wrapping up because I have to do a Twitter space at noon with Jim. Oh, no worries. I'll which, be back. incidentally, if you want to stick around and be I'd honest. love to, but I have some all things right. to do. All right. <laughs> Uh, we will have you back on very soon. Thank you for having me. Kevin Ryder, thank you for decades of joy in my life, and thank you for doing it. Thanks, Jesse.